We basically had them sleep on our product and it was a 50% reduction in hot flashes. All right, let's go, guys. I am super excited for today's guest. I've got Tara Youngblood on the show. She is the CEO and co-founder of Chili Sleep, also known as Sleep Me. And she is on a mission to help people improve their sleep. She is an accomplished scientist, author, speaker, and she is helping us biohack our ways to the coolest sleep ever using some of the technology that she has co-founded. Tara, welcome to the show. So great to be here. I love your mission statement. I know I've hear, heard it before, but when you hear it sort of in that intro jingle, uh, you know, we all need to have our why, and that's a that's a really powerful one. That's just a, a, a really great statement. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, the, a great new study just came out in 2022 talking about how 6.8% of Americans are metabolically uh, healthy. So I think we've got a lot of work to do. And I think uh, actually what I'm excited to talk to you about is I think your product might actually help with metabolic health. So maybe you can actually share some of the insights that you guys have learned over the years of doing this. But I know you're passionate about sleep. And I'll tell you right now, this was something that I ignored for many, many years. And I and as we were just talking offline. I was a first responder for 15 years. And I definitely had that mentality of, you know, sleep when I'm dead and I'll work hard here. I've completely reversed that. And so why, I'm just curious for you, like, why are you so passionate about sleep? Was there a day that you realized like I making this like my mission? I mean, what, you know, what were you doing before? And then how did you get here? I'm so sorry. Speaking of, hey, Tara, speaking of jingles, that's speaking an amazing of jingles. One. Yes. Sorry about that. I usually am so good about silencing that and forgot that today. This is how I'm sorry it, about that. Yes. No, so my journey with sleep. I have never been a good sleeper. And again, similar to you, like, oh, it's all right. I just suck at sleep. It'll be fine. I'll, I'll work it out. Um, and then about 15 years ago, a little over, um, we lost our youngest son. And I did a spiral into a pit of depression and grief and um, really stopped sleeping altogether. Um, every mental illness is attached to lack of sleep. Um, yeah. So wasn't alone in, in people that deal with that kind of challenge. Um, but I literally, you know, when you are that sleep deprived, you're cognitively drunk. And so it was an epiphany of obviously, you know, I think you're a police officer. If I was driving drunk, someone would pull me over and stop me from doing that. And it was the epiphany of like, this is sleep and it's just as bad. And people are causing car accidents all the time. I am not living a good life. I'm surviving on this little bit of sleep. Um, and I need to have my own intervention. So I kind of was you know, the background that is physics and research. So I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. Um, and I think that the perk of that, a lot of people are like, all right, so where's your degree in? There is no real deg one degree in sleep. I wish there was, but it's kind of messy. There's neuroscientists that study sleep and there's psychologists that study sleep. And then if you broaden it to worldview, there's Chinese traditional medicine has views and Ayurvedic medicine and biohackers have views on sleep. And the fun part is, it's a little bit of all of those come together. And so I feel like as I've gotten into sleep coaching, I actually feel like I have the edge of not being solidly in one camp and like, this is the only way you can do it. And it's really evolved into uh, what I call sleep recipes because I like to cook and bake. And everybody knows you can have a million different types of bread and it's still the same basic ingredients. And sleep's really like that. And so how do we empower people just like you were talking about to get them the right ingredients and then show them how to use those? Um, so that's really my, in a very short little snippet, how I've gotten to be where I am today.
Yeah, so, so cool. I just think your mission is just so amazing how you got here. Speaking of being drunk, I remember being a police officer in my early career and working a shift like, you know, 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. And I remember many times, and luckily it wasn't too far of a drive. It was 20 minutes and most of it was freeway driving. But I remember falling asleep pretty much at the wheel. And I would go from like the, the number one lane to the number four lane. And I would be like, luckily there were no cars on the road. And I'd be like, how did I get here? Or even just getting into my driveway and just, I would fall asleep there sometimes, or I would didn't even know how I got home. And mm -hmm. so you are right. I mean, it's the first responder for anybody that's not sleeping after a while, it is, it's the same as being drunk. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty devastating. It is. And we have to, you know, just like obesity and all of those things, we have to raise awareness. So people don't think it's okay to just live on very little sleep. It's sleep is completely natural. You know, the melatonin mechanism, I do it. A lot of my talks show this little tiny marine worm organism that you have to magnify just to get it to, to show up. It has no brain. It doesn't think about anything, but it has the same mechanism as we do for sleep on melatonin, you know, literally 700 million years of evolution and we still use the same mechanism to sleep. So sleep should be natural. There's actually a sleep switch, all the things that you figure out when you're not sleeping, like what the heck there's a switch. Like, yes, I, I would like to slip with that. Let's yes. Uh, yes. I, I, I want to talk about the, 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 what that, that idea that um, sleep switch before I do, I just want to make a comment. When I first discovered your technology, chili sleep, uh, the name originally, Kelly Starrett, a, the, a big uh, CrossFitter and mobility guy, he's really known in that community. I remember being on like, his email list and he would constantly be talking about chili sleep. And I thought, big deal. Like it, it, it makes you cold at night. This is what I thought in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I read Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep. And the amount of evidence he was showing for cooling the body temperature and getting in a deep, can get you into deep sleep faster, which you and I will talk about. And I thought, man, as a first responder, even if I'm only getting four hours of sleep because of certain schedules, if I can get into deep sleep faster and longer, man, I can maximize recovery. And that was for me, the switch to say, holy cow, you know, for some people, this might be an investment investing in the chili sleep technology, but that for me was the game changer and made me go, okay, I'm going to get this. Unfortunately I had it. And then when we moved, uh, we moved, I moved out of California recently into um, Idaho and I had to give that up. So I'll have to get another one, but, um, I, I just someone. wanted to, I, I, you know, someone, yeah, but I just wanted to let you know, and actually there's some really cool things, which we're going to talk about. The one that I had was one of the more original ones with like the tubing. And now you guys have maximized it. So like the tubing's not even there, which I'm really excited to talk about. But, um, Anyways, talk about the uh, the sleep switch. Like, why is that so important? Like, how did you kind of discover this, and and why is it helpful for people to know? Yeah, so you know, I get the question all the time. Like, what's the latest study on this? So, the sleep switch was coined by Clifford Sapir out of Harvard, starting in like 2003. He kind of evolved the study on it, but it, it turns out that you know, and there's been multiple studies on hunter gatherer. Jerry Siegel out of UCLA did a whole like year study on honey, hunter gatherers. We somehow have this image that like at dark they just kind of all fell over and fell asleep, um, and they must have slept really long because you know then that's more than eight hours. None of that is really true. Your brain is actually triggered by change all over the place, not just by sleep, but it's looking for what that change is in the environment. And back to that little marine worm, the mechanism that releases melatonin is that sleep switch. 
um, and it's light and temperature. Now, different people are going to respond on a scale. Everybody's a bell curve. Everyone's different. Um, light may be more sensitive to you, but most people will find the environment. And the reason is, if you didn't have a brain, the only way you know to turn on or off something is the environment. You're going to have to measure what's happening outside. So our brains do that without us even knowing it. So a small change of temperature, even warming up your socks or putting on socks and warming up your feet for some people will be enough um, all the way up to, you know, some of those biohackers or even Terry Walls, who has MS and really struggles to, to flip that switch. She'll spend 20 minutes in an ice bath, which again, is an alternative to our product. Absolutely. You can get cold showers and cold ice baths. Um, I do prefer the way we do it, but it is always possible. There's always a hack. And if you do that, you can't do it right to fall asleep within an hour. So like an hour before you really want to fall asleep, you take that 20 minute ice bath and it is like an elephant tranquilizer. It will knock you out because your body will be like, hell yes, we're going to sleep. Um, and so it really is like, that's how it works. You have to turn off sleep as well. That makes it easier for the mechanism to work. Um, and we do that by warming up just like the planet warms up and gets brighter out. So the combination of warming up and sunshine in the morning will turn off that. And then it allows that mechanism to reset. Kind of like your computer is better if you turn it on and off sometimes. Your brain body has to have that on off switch for those mechanisms. And when that's clean and crisp, yeah, you sleep a whole lot better. Okay. This is fascinating. So my wife, I told her I was going to interview you today. I'm so excited. I, I told her, you know, my wife just, uh, I'm, I just turned 40. My wife turned like 42. And so she even has some hormonal changes she's been experiencing recently. And I said, you know, there's some good research talking about uh, sleep and then the cooling of the body temperature, I think for hormones, which I'd love to ask you about. And she's like, well, who's, who's Tara? I'm like, oh, I'm telling her about your product. And she said, Joel, I don't want to get colder. Like it's all, I'm already freezing. And I'm like, no, no, no. But the technology actually, I think now you've got it to the point where it even, can adapt. And as you're sleeping in real time, it can change the temperature, but maybe you could talk about some of that new technology and then even how women maybe might differ from men and, and the hormonals kind of things that are going on during sleep. Yeah. So women are kind of complicated. Everybody knows that. I yeah. think everyone's like, yeah, I agree. Um, but when hormones in general, and, and actually you'll see kids going through puberty, you'll see kids even with ADHD that have different sort of hormonal things. In addition to what's going on in their brains, um, they'll all have a little bit of wonky temperature and it, it makes sense. We all run a fever when we're not feeling well. It's one of the first little systems that we're, we're not sure about. Um, and we need to think about terms of your wife's probably thinking about cold in terms of, you know, ambient room temperature. And we think about the air we live in all the time. And we're very ingrained to this comfort state of let's be comfortable. Yep. But we're 98 degrees or 37 degrees Celsius if you're international. But, you know, when you think about that, cooler than 98 degrees or thermal neutral is what we're looking for. And so if you don't have a high metabolic rate or maybe you're not going through a hormonal change, it may require very little cooling to facilitate that. But your body in deep sleep wants to drop two degrees core body temperature. Now that's mm. not just your hands colder, that's your heart, lungs, that inner part. And it's actually a really difficult to get that cooler if you're all covered in blankets and comfortable. And honestly, that's what I did wrong for a long time is I like to warm up to fall asleep. But shortly after falling asleep, my you see my circadian rhythm, my core body temperature will go up a little bit and then go down into that valley. Mm. Um, and that's very natural. A lot of women do follow that. Again, minus menopause and pregnancy and <laughs> all the other things that kind of throw that off or throw that 
for a loop, but that's pretty common to do. But again, you think about temperature, not in terms of ambient temperature, because once you're under those covers and you're wearing your pajamas and you got your whatever your mattress is made of, those foams are all absorbing heat. Um, and then you're basically like back to that analogy of cooking something, you're a, you're a bright piece of bread in the oven. Mm. So you're either going to bake or you're going to stay neutral. So you're not baking more and you want to be cooler. So again, all of the things that go into it are no, so much more than just that ambient temperature of what that is, but you do want to facilitate your body to cool off during deep sleep. And the magic of that for first responders or people on shift work or weird times um, back to what we talked about. Kelly started is fabulous. He's on our medical board. Love, love, love him. Um, he talks about sleep density. And again, when you want to sleep densely, you want to sleep off times. You're just not perfect in the middle of the night. This is what's going to tell your body, go ahead and get that deep sleep. That's really hard to get for any of those first responders, shift workers, anyone that's not able to sleep exactly 10 to six or whatever that time frame is for you. Um, this is the ideal hack to kind of get past that and tell your body, no, really, this is the sleep mechanism. Let's just do this sleep thing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the more research I delved into and then hearing some of your talks, the TEDx talks, I mean, it really is pretty much the one of the ultimate hacks. I mean, it's, you know, we always talk about going to the gym and working out, but what everybody says, recovery is where you get your gains. And this is a pretty big way to get recovered fast, fastly. I'm curious, just on the note of hormones and, and like menopause, have, have you got any just data back from a lot of women and have they seen just success maybe where, you know, and I work with and coach with a lot of women actually and menopause and hormones, because that's a lot of times when they have weight issues and what we see too is estrogen dominance and things like that mm -hmm. come into play. So have you seen just by doing flipping the switch and kind of dialing on their sleep that maybe things have reversed or even subsided during those menopausal years? Yeah. So half of it is the credit to sleep. So when you sleep really well and you have under, uninterrupted sleep and you're able to get that sleep density, um, you just have less symptoms. Um, we actually just published a study in the Journal of Menopause in August. Um, and that was for menopausal women. Um, we basically had them sleep on our product and it was a 50% reduction in hot flashes, not just at wow. night, but also during the day. And again, back to that power of, you know, what happens during sleep is really magical. It is the recovery you're filing memories, you're doing things. If you don't sleep during that time, your body can't heal. It doesn't plan to do healing during the day. It's doing that at night. And so all of those symptoms, all of the wonkiness of hormones, if you can manage your sleep, the power of managing your sleep is empowering everything else. You'll actually eat better calories. You won't crave, you know, when you don't sleep well, you crave bad calories on average, depending on the study, there's so many of them, but it's yes. about 450 calories extra. And they're wow. not the good ones. Anyone that stayed up late, you know, and ends up at Waffle House, a drinking thing, you're not eating healthy stuff. There's just no way about it at 3, 4am when you're tired. And that is universally true. I think we all have that anecdotal evidence. Um, but again, sleep is just really powerful at mitigating symptoms. We see that with every neurological disorder, like again, MS, fibromyalgia, diabetes, all the other sort of things that we work with, different groups we've worked with. Um, the symptom mitigation on just sleeping better, if you can just bypass whatever's going on and sleep better, everything gets better. It's just, I can't talk enough about the power of sleep. Um, it's just, just, just make time for it. Just do it because it, it's it's worth it every every step of the way. You're right. 
sleep is so powerful. Why though is, and I think you talked about this in your TEDx talk, why is deep sleep decreasing? So as we get older, it is harder to get. And I will say, I do think it's part of um, what we're, where we're driven to. So as we get older, our circulation isn't as good. Things fall off in general. And so we are driven. You hear about people, you know, on heating pads, getting burns because they're trying to warm up that mm. drive to warm up. Um, unfortunately, when they're warming up at the wrong time, like when they're supposed to be getting deep sleep, um, it really eliminates their ability to get deep sleep. So the average person by the time they're 80 is getting very little deep sleep compared to a 20 year old where that mechanism is much healthier and easier to work. Now, I will say, and I did experiment on my father. Um, but it, when you can manage your sleep with temperature, you can bypass that. We see it, you know, across the board, we talked about with hormones. Um, we see it with, uh, we work with veterans a lot, PTSD, you know, a lot of the mental health you think, well, how, what does that have to do with it? Um, but a lot of them aren't getting deep sleep because their prefrontal cortex is spinning so hard. Mm. If you can bypass that mechanism and get them cooled down and get them some deep sleep, you actually see a faster recovery on some of those other symptoms as well. You reduce night terrors and things like that. Again, the mechanism of the temperature is just so special. We didn't invent that. That's it's just how human beings work. It's really how hibernation works. There's a great article that just came out um, last month in New Scientist, which is out of the UK. Um, but how even human beings that don't hibernate today still have the mechanism of hibernation. Um, and that's all linked to sort of that cooling part, what it does for your metabolism and those underlying symptoms, systems, not symptoms, uh, is magical. It's really amazing. Um, and we as humans have gotten so entrained on this comfort feeling of, I want to feel comfortable. And we forget that our body needs change. It's kind of like interval training. Like if you never have tried that, but you do interval training, you're like, it unlocks a very different kind of burn, a very different kind of experience. Our body wants that on off. It wants push. It wants change. It measures change static. It's not sure what to do with. And so it doesn't mean you have to be uncomfortable all the time, but periods of discomfort, you know, you talk about fasting or whatever those are, it's all actually really good for us. Yeah. There's that hermetic effect. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I just interviewed Dr. Anne, Anna Lemke who came out with the book dopamine nation and she talks about, yeah, well, by the way, ice baths increase dopamine and neuronal, um, like neurogenesis, like something like 700, it's 300%, something just mm -hmm. crazy. But she was saying, most of us are pushing away from pain, but actually pain can be the antidote, believe it or not. So, and not to say that your product is causing any pain, but maybe in the beginning, it's a little bit uncomfortable. But I think at the end of the day, you guys have like an amazing return rate, like nobody returns your product. So I think- No, unfortunately, it's usually addictive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I kind of talk about it in the terms of, you know, if you- imagine life without air conditioning and then all of a sudden you have it it's really feels like that but just in your bed right where you're trying to sleep um and again air conditioning not in this day and age with energy the way it is are you going to get your bed super cool for you to be able to cool off and mitigate all of those things that are happening and you still get to have a blanket on top i love weighted blankets they're a great uh way to sleep but they can be really hot so you know that comfortable yeah. feeling of snuggling in and nesting you can still have and not mess up your temperature for your sleep. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you also in terms of, I know we're kind of hacking our biology by getting us into a deep sleep faster by turning on that switch. Does 
we've only been talking about deep sleep. Does that matter in term in terms of getting us there faster? Does that, I guess, does that also in, increase our chance of getting more REM sleep? Because from what I've heard in the past, like getting all going through all these stages and kind of hanging out there for a little bit is is important. But yeah, I'm just kind of curious how does how does that work or what have you guys kind of seen? Yeah, so generally the first half of the night you go through cycle all night you're going through cycles approximately 90 minutes. Now if you pull up a sleep tracker, it's going to look blah, 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 blah. but if you were to bucket it and really do a deep dive on your brain waves, you'd see that there's about 90 minutes of each cycle. The first half of the night there's way more deep sleep. And then the second half of the night there's way more REM sleep. It kind of flips from that. And then in between there's lots of this non-REM extra sleep that's light sleep and there you dream in all of it you heal in all of it it's just deep sleep in particular has a bunch of things that right now we recognize or the scientific community is recognizing there's importance on it um and so it, a lot of research is being done in deep sleep but REM sleep was before that because we knew when you were in REM sleep because it was rapid eye movement that's what it stands for and you could physically look at someone and say oh they're in REM sleep I get it and so what before this sophistication of the studying and looking at brain waves more clearly, REM sleep was highly studied. So there's things that we don't talk about as much now because deep sleep's the new thing to talk about. It's like yeah. every other fad, um, but you're right. They have to be balanced. And so approximately two hours of each is what we're aiming for. And again, uh, younger people have an easier way of that. As we get older, it gets- The average harder. American is not getting that. Guaranteed. They're not in general, um, but that is, that is, it's entirely possible. That's the part that I feel impassioned to fix is that, you know, and then I think the other big ingredient that kind of gets left out um, beyond what we're talking about with hacking is just you're managing your stress. And again, most Americans live in this state of fight or flight all the time and don't figure out how to turn that off. And just like we talked about sleep, you have to turn off that stress mechanism to really be a able to appreciate it for what it is. It can be really good. It gets a bad rap, but it is important to be able to turn that off. And sleep is, is a big part of that mechanism as well. So if you are stressed all the time, it is going to make it harder to sleep too. Yeah. Huge. I mean, it's so funny too. I mean, when you think of that, I think all of us, there's no one that I have met that's, you know, busy entrepreneur or just goal-minded that is not stressed in today's world. And I think it's just, again, sleep, always gets overlooked. We are always looking at all these other things that we should be doing and we forget about some of these simple things. And even with working with clients, you know, in terms of weight loss, we'll do a lot of really cool things. And then I'll bring up the, how's your sleep? And usually it's, it's completely wrecked. And what I find in the beginning, at least is people are very resistant to their, to wanting to change their sleep mm -hmm. patterns. They're, they're very like, yeah, but I need to, I'm like, no, like, and I, and I've just been recently experimenting with a continuous glucose monitor going to bed later and waking up earlier. And I can tell you my fasting glucose in the morning is higher than it should be. Um, not in the, not in a healthy range. So even for me, who's someone who's like pretty healthy and stays dialed in, I'm seeing it in real life time. If I'm not, you know, managing sleep, what's going on there. So yeah, sleep deprived. We talked about being drunk. You'll actually look pre-diabetic if you do that on, on lack of sleep. So again, it really feeds into that obesity part. It doesn't mean that, you know, going to sleep will make you skinny the next day, but it's definitely going to make everything better. It's like a multiplier, right? So all the work you're going to do during the day, you have to let it recover at night. Um, and I think that the other investment about sleep, and I really look at it like, 
retirement savings. So if you think about sleep in terms of where do I want to be in 50 years, and we invest in our health and our fitness that way to be like, I want to be healthy when I'm when I'm older. And we look at those retirement pictures of the old couple pushing their grandkids on the screen or on a swing or, or whatever that is, we're we're not going to be able to do that if we're not at our cognitive best and sleep is very much tied to that. So even Alzheimer's, um, you know, when you fall asleep and have deep sleep, your, your spinal fluid actually comes up and washes your brain and takes the toxins out. It's the only way your brain gets cleaned. And so if you don't have deep sleep, then you don't get that brain washing and then good kind of brainwashing. Um, and you'll see it in Alzheimer patients, the spinal fluid doesn't go up anymore. It actually gets stuck and doesn't wash the towel proteins out and it builds up. Um, and so that mechanism is just really important for all sorts of reasons. And you times that one mechanism, your cardiovascular system, all of your other systems have similar things that just don't happen if you don't get great sleep. So unfortunately, every disease of the elderly is attached to lack of deep sleep. And sleep is just a magical ingredient to unlock that longevity. So we do, when we say we're going to put off and sleep when we're dead, we're just making sure, unfortunately, that death comes a little sooner. And it's just a really ugly thing to say, but it's true. There's studies on it. And so we want to live longer and we want to live our best life longer. No one wants to be in a nursing home, not remembering our kids. Yeah. You know, Tara, I'm, I'm looking and we're like halfway into the podcast and I don't think I've even asked you, I just assume, cause I know what the technology is about. I haven't even asked you though. Can maybe you can explain what is chili sleep and what is the technology and what is this product that we're, we've been talking just so much about the science of sleep and why it's important and what you guys are doing to change, to get people in the deep sleep. But yeah, talk about some of the products that you guys have invented. And it's really good. It's cool to see your evolution. Cause again, I've seen it when the beginning, when it was these, just these tubes of water going through, which it worked fine. But I mean, now it's like you've really evolved and it's just really neat to see where you guys have started and come from. Yeah. So I will say like, that's where our name sleep.me or that's the website, but sleep me is, is really important because, um, there are all of these pillars of sleep, but behavior mindset and environment, um, environment is just a, an amazing hack. And so that's where the chili sleep comes from. Um, Todd, my co-founder and husband, um, he always slept really hot. I, talked about wanting to be more warm. We were opposite temperatures. Um, and it was right about the time when micro microclimate control of seats and cars. So drivers and passengers were getting different temperatures. I'm like, I want that in my bed. Um, so the technology is, is actually very similar to that. Um, you know, the patents really started in 2008, but when you think about it, it was really about comfort at that point, which we, we know after our conversation isn't entirely it. So the science actually have started to evolve after we came up with this idea of two different sides of the bed being different temperatures. And as you talked about it, there's really a manifold that runs water. So Todd's uncle invented the waterbed. Uh, if you ever slept on a waterbed wow. without a heater on it, it's really freaking cold because it's a lot of water and water's just a special material uh, when it comes to being able to suck heat off of something kind of like, you know, being in a very cold lake at 45 degrees, you feel every inch of that 45 degrees on your body. Yes, um, you and the same as if you're 98, that special way of, of changing temperature. So we use a lot less water than a water bed. It's a thin layer of those tubes, or now we have like this um, hydro layer, as we call it. And you, the water flows through in a very specific uh, flow pattern, water 
is again, one of those things you can train it using different patterns to flow under your body uniquely. So we have a proprietary flow pattern that drives that water to stay underneath you. Um, and then we're managing it with a control unit. And that really is a set it thermostat. So you can set it to whatever temperature you want. Um, it also comes programmable. So we have the cube that's just a remote. So for some people that don't want an app, there's just the simple one, it's there. Um, but if you want like that programmable thermostat, like I talked about where I like to warm up, I actually like to read in bed before I go to sleep and I want it super warm then. Yeah. So I have it set to start before I get into bed. Um, so when I climb into bed, I actually warm up. Um, and then about 20 minutes after I fall asleep, it drops down and then it starts warming back up halfway through the night so that that REM sleep is actually better. So especially younger people will be, they'll cannibalize their REM sleep really hard. They'll get in three or four hours of deep sleep kind of numbers if, um, if they just stay cold the whole time. So you really do need to warm up to get that balance um, mm -hmm. because you can push that really hard then you're not getting REM sleep. Um, but if they're really physically putting, pushing themselves, like some of our young athletes will see that and you're like, okay, you got to find a little balance. You just had a marathon. It's okay. But like, let's try to adjust you back up and get that balance. Um, but it does that automatically. You, you can set that. Um, the evolution from there that we're launching is the hyper AI. So we just came out with a sleep tracker. Um, and it is the only one in the world that does real time. And why does that matter? And it's because, you know, in the morning, no matter what you're wearing um, as a sleep tracker, it's going to take, you're going to pull up the app and you're going to like see it spin or go across or whatever the equivalent of the wait time is. It's calculating your sleep in the morning. It's taking all the data it collected all night and it's compiling it. And then it's going to spit out your sleep report. Well, unfortunately, you've already slept. So you're not going to change anything. Now you're going to maybe try to change something the next night, which is good. And it can be iterative, but no two days and no two nights are the same. So whatever you put into the day before, some of it may be applicable to the next night, but most of it won't. So for me, that was like a fundamental part of we can't fix sleep the next morning. We need to be focused on fixing sleep in real time. If we want to help people just show up and go to sleep and wake amazing rested, we need to be able to fix that in real time. So our sleep data is calculated in regular intervals throughout the night. Um, we run it through an AI algorithm um, and we're really trying to solve for that two hours of deep sleep and two hours of REM sleep. Um, but based on where you are in your sleep states, we're going to adjust that temperature and redo the schedule for you. Um, there's nuances wow. of if you get out of bed, like your kid wakes up, your dog barks, whatever, whatever life happens. All of us have things that happen in life. Even if you just get up to go to the bathroom, which you shouldn't, if temperatures manage, that's a whole other thing. But wow. Um, if you do, it'll, it'll stop, it'll reset your schedule. It'll kind of manage that. So there's, um, all sorts of sort of safeguards and mechanisms put in place to help you get that best sleep. But I do believe that sleep when you're tired, fixing your sleep is really hard. And so this is really a step forward in my mind of when I was really exhausted, the last thing I wanted to do as I climbed into bed was trying to figure out how to solve my sleep. Even as I read things, research things, and then I'd end up in bed like, okay, I was supposed to have a tea. I didn't remember the tea. And you're like, I'm not even sure I remember to brush my teeth. Okay. <laughs> no. And then you're like, I'll go up and brush my teeth. And then I'm like, I'm still not going to do the tea. I'm just going to go fall in bed and hope it works out. And, you know, we have to stop that cycle. And so for me, if your bed can be responsible for delivering good sleep 
for you on a nightly basis in real time when no two days are the same, no two nights are the same. You're not going to compare sleep data night after night and it looks exactly the same. It doesn't work. You have to fix it in real time and just take that off the list. And then you can work on behaviors yeah. and mindsets and all the other things, reducing stress that will help that and improve that. But that is that is a fundamental part of our coaching and what we do. And even a lot of our testimonials of like the people that hadn't slept in decades, a lot of what happens is if you can find a win, if you can find a way to break that down and like, okay, I slept incrementally better. Now your brain's like, okay, I can do that. I have a mm-hmm. win. I'm going to lean into that win. And I I do feel like it is about falling in love with sleep. Sleep should be amazing. You should love your bed. It should feel safe and it should deliver what you need it to. Um, But that is that is what we focused on delivering. And again, shift workers. um, My daughter-in-law is a nurse, night nurse. And so she's a shift worker. No matter when you go to sleep, how much time you have to devote to sleep, you should have an amazing experience in your bed. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, amazing stuff. I mean, that is just so cool. I mean, and I think it's just like anything else. It's like investing or when you're trying to build habits, one of the things they they say is like, you know, take take the decision making away and take automate it. And you guys are like making it easy to automate sleep so that, like you said, I don't have to think about it. I'm just going to get in. And once it's programmed, it's going to start to figure out my patterns and adapt to me. So that is really, really genius. I love that. Yeah, and, then, and it'll evolve over time, so it'll get better. The, the more it gets to know about you, the better. Yeah, and, and talk about just briefly about, you know, the coaching that you bring into it because when – I'll tell you, you know, as a coach, and I believe wholeheartedly in coaching, but when one of my mentors, Dave, Dave Meltzer, who's a serial entrepreneur, when I heard him say he had a sleep coach, I kind of like rolled my eyes. I was like, what do you need a sleep coach for? Like go to bed on time wear some blue light blocking glasses, take some magnesium, take some melatonin. How hard is it, buddy? Like you have to, you actually hired somebody to have a sleep coach for you. But then I thought about it and I thought, well, you know what? This guy is at like the peak of his game. Like Mm -hmm. he has a nutrition coach. He has a physical fitness trainer. He's dialed in everywhere. Why does he think it's so important that he's like, you know, one thing I'm not dialing it is sleep that I'm going to actually invest in a sleep coach. And that's when it dawned on me again, like, wow, like he actually gets it. I'm the one who's not getting it. So yeah, maybe you could talk just about the coaching program and what's cool about that and some of the things you guys are seeing. Yeah. So that's super fun. I, you know, I get, I feel very privileged. I am one of those sleep coaches. I coach for professional teams. Um, you know, Cincinnati Reds is one of them. And, you know, we, when you look at what does it matter for the players, you know, in baseball in particular, they measure every single stat to, extreme amounts but you know they also have measured that if they're not sleeping they have more injuries their reaction time is down so when when players are sleeping and again high performers but you you apply that to the rest of us um, and it still matters right so it's the reaction time it's a 23 percent improvement in that you know split second decision making and we even wow. talked about you know those first responders and the decisions they make are life and death in a moment they have to choose and if they're sleep deprived they're not able to make those decisions and so you take that really fun experience of getting to work with like baseball players or football players or all all sports but if you take that and apply that to the rest of us, we still have to make decisions all day long. We still have to make choices and back to just even a little bit more klutzy and 
a little more sloppy and we're not at our best, all of those do translate. So cognitive load for baseball isn't just about a physical thing. It's about reaction time. Their brain still has to react in time to catch that ball or hit that ball. And it's coming fast. And so if you can get improvements in that split second and reduce injuries, and actually improve the longevity of those players. Um, you know, there's a bunch of athletes now, the older ones that are really advocating on sleep and healthy habits, which again, those new athletes as they're hitting the big leagues are not always wanting to do. Uh, and sleep is a buzzkill, right? So who wants to go to totally. bed on time and follow those? And so we really work on sleep rituals and breaking down what's really necessary. And again, using all the hacks of I don't care when you can go to sleep, but now you should take a nap versus don't take a nap, then it's really going to throw you off mm. and you're doing jet lag and you're traveling around the country. We really break the, all of those pieces down for them in order to make sure that they optimize their sleep. But that's really where you can get way dialed in on sleep. Um, but it does deliver amazing results across the board. They're really, and again, no offense to working out, but it, you know, you may or may not make that choice to go to the gym. If you're tired, you're going to still flop in bed. And if you can flop in bed and have a good night's sleep, the next day you're way more likely to get to that gym versus that gym that all of us join in January. And then by February, we're not going as consistently. And then somewhere in mid-year, we're like, oh crap, I'm only going once or twice a week now. I got to try to get myself back together. Um, we kind of do this roller coaster of how do we manage that? But if you go to bed pretty much every, every night and can make that amazing. The other choices, your relationships, you're going to cuddle more. Um, always talk about it on Valentine's day. You're going to have more sex. You're going to have more cuddles. You're going to do all of those things uh, if you sleep more. So it's just a better life. Again, sleep's just amazing. I sound like a broken record, but yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. And it's not just for the, the high professional athletes. I mean, I'm listening to you talk and it's just like, Hey, I'm a dad and with two kids and, and imagine me being less reactive. Cause I just slept better and I'm, I have more patience with them. I'm a better dad, a better husband, a better brother. I mean, it translates into everything. It's not just for the high, yeah, high end athletes. You're going to yeah. want to get down on the floor and play with those Legos instead of stepping on it and going, Oh crap. I just like killed my foot. Now I want to be angry at you because yeah. you left your toys around. Instead, it's like, you're going to, you're going to kneel. You're going to do that. All of us, if you've had a good night's sleep, do more that day on a better night's sleep. It's all, we all kind of innately know that I, we just stop giving sleep what it needs. Totally. You mentioned uh, biohacks. I'm, I'm curious, are there any other things other than getting cold in is there any other things, maybe supplements or just anything else that you found from in your, you know, years of experience that moves the needle as well that you've, that you've kind of noticed that you like to use for sleep? Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have a bunch of supplements on our website now, you know, one of them, a classic one is magnesium and it gets talked about a lot, but I think what's different about the way I'll talk about magnesium is that most people go to wherever they're going to go, whether it's the internet or CVS or Walgreens, any of those places. And they, they look down the aisle and they're like, okay, that looks like a good magnesium. I'm going to try it. What the heck? Uh, they said that'll help me sleep. But on the back, then it'll say take two a day. You're like, okay, well, I don't know when I should take two a day. 
75% of the U.S. population is low on magnesium, and a big part of it is the processed foods we eat are taking it out of our system. So not only are we not getting enough of because what we're eating, we're actually having it pulled out when it's there, and it's something called bioavailability. So when you take a supplement or you have it, you want to build something into your diet, you need to make sure that it's happening in a way that it gets absorbed. And so a lot of people take magnesium in the morning, but they also drink coffee or have an acidic drink in the morning. And it turns out acidity is not good for magnesium. Um, and so we want to make sure that we didn't just take those magnesium supplements that we paid for. And then we flushed them down the toilet, literally, because it didn't absorb because the acidity of what we just took. Um, and so we need to make sure that as we take those, as we're doing it, we are scientists of our own body. I'm a big believer in like turning everyone into scientists um, in a good way, not a nerdy yeah. way, just like, you know, take something for, for 14 days. There's a million different ways it feels like to combine magnesium with other things. That's about bioavailability. Your body may, you know, decide to absorb one thing better than another without knowing who you are in the chemistry. It's hard to generally say, just always take this kind of magnesium because it doesn't work that way. Um, there's a bunch of magnesiums like the one we have that have a lot of different um, mixes of the way in which that uh, magnesium is combined and that'll allow for better absorption. Um, but magnesium is used in 258 or some obscene number of chemical reactions in your body more than just sleep. And so I also encourage people that you may take it the first night and not feel like, wow, I feel drowsy because your body is so deprived. It's going to use it for the most important things. And although sleep is really important, um, being able to convert oxygen into you know, nitrates and things like that mm -hmm. may be more important for your body at the time. So it's important to, to know you probably are really down on your reserves of how you use magnesium and minerals. Our water is not filled with them like it was before. So we're not eating as many leafy greens, which have them. And again, any of those processed foods, luncheon meats in particular, some of those, those preservatives are terrible at pulling them out. So think about it at least for 14 days to make sure that you're actually taking it. You're probably building it up and then you really will have some of the benefits of magnesium. But I think that's the most complicated part about supplements is everyone will get sort of this list. They'll watch a podcast or they'll do something and they're like, oh, wow, I got my list. I'm going to take them. Do not take all of them at once. You will have no way of measuring whether they're good or not. So it, it could be that all 15 are amazing for you, but give yourself at least a two-week regimen to see that there's no interactions, there's nothing going on, and that it's generally helping. And journal it. Be a scientist if you're going to add supplements because they can really help. But don't just take it because it sounds like a good idea or you heard Tara say magnesium's going to be helpful. Do it thoughtfully and really think about when it should fit in your day um, during right before sleep will help sleep more than in the morning, for example. But a lot of people have a harder time remembering supplements at night. Um, so they're, you know, kind of now starting to break down. How do I change behavioral habits? How do I do that? A sticker on your mirror or a sticker on your toothbrush is a great way that I recommend it. Um, we do even have stickers that come with our supplements for that reason. So you put a sticker on it. So you're like, oh, I was supposed to take a magnesium supplement when I go to grab my toothbrush. Hopefully you're remembering brushing your teeth, but that's a whole other thing. Whatever you do at night, put it, put it there. That's so great. I love that. And just um, so even for you, you're saying not just at night, you should probably take it multiple times throughout the day, including mm -hmm. at night for magnesium. We're that depleted. 
were that depleted. And, and honestly, it doesn't absorb that well, which is why there's so many different mixes and ways of it. Again, try one, make sure you get one that has either a lot of variations or again, you're very scientific in your approach of like, I'm going to try this combination. And then that didn't work. I'm going to try a different combination. You will find one that works for you. Um, but again, if you don't want to go through that process then definitely have one that has multiple variations on it. Um, so you're getting some in because that is definitely the the thing people, I guess, do wrong with supplements is they think one pill whenever I take it and it it doesn't even say on the bottle for most of the time, it's like, just take two. You're like, I don't know. When do I take two? How do I know what to do it with? But what you eat with that supplement makes a big difference or drink. Love that. I'm glad you said that. Um, I'm looking at the time. I know we both got to run at the top of the hour. I want to jump into some lightning round questions with you. Anything I didn't ask you that you wish I had? I mean, there's so much, but I don't think so. I think you, you asked me a little bit about sort of competition and, and what is differentiating about us. Yeah. Like what's, what's your name? You know, there's so many, we know there's like sleep aid and there's a lot of other products now coming out for sleep, um, cooling systems, I guess. Yeah. What makes you guys, you know, unique and different? I, I do think it's our approach to sleep is, is really fundamentally different. We talked about sleep density. I don't care when you sleep, you know, eight sleeps called eight sleep is eight hours of sleep. I don't care if it's eight hours. There's billions of us. We're not all going to sleep eight hours on the button. We're not all going to sleep the same. We're not going to sleep in even one eight hour segment. The myth of eight hours is actually came around in the industrial revolution has nothing to do with how human beings sleep. It's just a magic number that we could measure. Again, when labs could tell if you were asleep and awake, you still look at like a lot of studies and it's total sleep time versus total awake time. None of the algorithms, even in our sleep tracking are entrained to total time in bed. You don't get points for just being in bed. You have to actually sleep and have good sleep to do it. And so that is our quality metric across the road as a brand of I've spent hours in bed trying to sleep and not felt amazing in the morning, 10 hours, 11 hours, especially with the depression, I'd spend a lot of time in bed and not get great results. No one wants to do that. It's a waste of time. So you might as well make your sleep most efficient, most effective for you. And that's really what our brand is about. And, you know, reading our blogs, reading what we're trying to do, we're trying to educate people on how to get the best sleep for them. Cause we all look different. My sleep's not the same as your sleep. Yeah. You, you have a great, um, with your TEDx, you talk about how you had nine hours of sleep and it was just totally fragmented and worthless. And then your six hours of sleep, when you were using your, your product, you could see, I mean, you were hitting the numbers, you were dialed in and you, and you felt great. So the number doesn't mean anything. So I love that, that bio-individuality, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really the most important part. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into some lightning round questions and we'll wrap it up. I, you know, I'm I'm curious, what are some choices that you think you made or a choice that you think made you who you are today? Ooh, I have a bunch of those. I do think being a physicist is one of them. And I, you know, I actually wanted to be a fusion engineer, which is option, uh, the opposite of nuclear reactors. It's what the sun does. Uh, turned out it was a very bad timing because we gave up research on that. Other com- other countries have come and done energy research on that. But that said, that view of the world, looking at the physics of things, not being just entrained to the chemistry of what is the next pill or supplement you can take, but what is the way in which we engage with our environment? And that's really the physics of how to how does sleep work? That's thermodynamics that we talked about. It's entropy, which again, time is a terrible way to measure how old we are. Uh, time is, that's not how we measure the universe in a big scale. It's with heat and it's It's with time and heat combined. And when you can slow down entropy, when you can 
feel better, back to that cold therapy, it is really magical at unlocking what our human being self is capable of. Yeah, love that. You are doing so much in the wellness world. I'm curious, is there anyone that that you follow or that inspires you in the health and wellness world? Wow, Uh, that one's hard just because there's a long list, but I, I will have to bring up um, Kelly Starrett again, and he's just an incredible person. He's doing a lot with, it's really simple when you talk about stretching and mobility, but again, uh, as those of us tip over that 40 mark, uh, you get to losing some of that mobility. We've lost our ability to move and relax and he's doing amazing work on that. And it's just an amazing leader and a humble person of, of what he does. So, um, I know you had brought him up, but he, he, he always will be close to the top of my list. Um, but there's a, there is a long list. Very cool guy. I got to meet him in San Francisco right before he blew up. I mean, he was probably just starting and I got a chance to go see him and he, he helped me out. And, uh, I'm so grateful because after that, like there's, I don't even think he started, he stopped doing one-on-ones because he just couldn't, he was he that is, popular. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. He is, he's, you know, so connected. Uh, he's the reason we're in the white house, uh, you know, political things aside, but like in Navy seals, uh, the number of people that really respect what he does in his space, it, it's, it's, phenomenal how how amazing he is at what he does yeah i am a huge reader as so are you i can tell in the background any any books that you would recommend that had a huge impact on your life maybe just the top one or three i mean you don't have to list them all but sometimes people yes so i am an avid reader clearly with like the number of books and things um there's there's a ton of different ones. One is the order of time. And it is about, it is absolute physics wise and why time is a broken variable. Um, it's really fun from a longevity perspective. I also really like the book Sapiens. It really is like understanding how human beings psychologically work. It'll make you never think of gossip the same way again. Um, or just even what's happening in our political environment, just amazing insights on sapiens as, as a, as a thing. Um, and then, you know, I, I do have to give, you mentioned it as well to Matthew Walker's, you know, about sleep. There's, there's a ton of different books on sleep. Um, there's also some great ones on just how we've slept through history. Um, but you know, the journey of sleep is, is really interesting. We used to sleep in multiple segments. There's siestas for a reason. I encourage you to be really curious about the thing about sleep, not just take the same hygiene. I hate the words sleep hygiene because it's just ugly and doesn't sound like fun. And if you Google it, you'll get the same 20 tips, which are not going to work for all of us. My husband has zero affinity with caffeine. I am super dialed in on caffeine. I'd be like, Brrr on caffeine. And he's like, I just had a pot of black coffee. I'm going to go to bed. I can do the same thing. And I actually, I, I, I'm sure my sleep numbers internally look terrible, but I don't sleep bad. Like I feel great. So it doesn't, his, his receptors don't work with caffeine. So again, really be a, be a scientist. And there's, there is a ton of books on how, how to sort of biohack and do that. Um, be curious because yeah. it is it is absolutely worth it to be curious for yourself it's how you'll you'll get your best self your best most well self is being curious love that one of my um one of a guy i follow and, and had on my podcast james altucher talks about that all the time have you have you connected with him at all no i try to connect you you would i think he, yeah. he would really like what you're doing and uh he always says that just experiment be an experimenter and then you get data back and then you realize oh that failed let me run another experiment so same yeah. attitude and uh he's 
pretty prolific author and I, I'll have to connect you guys. Um, last two questions and we'll wrap it up. Any rituals, hacks, practices that you follow other than than sleep? We know that's important, but some people do gratitude journaling. Is there anything that, that you grab? Yeah, mindset, it, it, again, I, it didn't really sort of drive it home, but the three pillars of sleep that drive to the best recipe are behaviors. That's your diet and fitness. Those are going to influence your sleep significantly. But mindset and managing that stress, um, I do have four boys. So we are constantly talking about, you know, sort of those ups and downs. Um, and I talk about the stress mindset. Monster. And cortisol in the morning is amazing. It's a happy, friendly monster in that ter term. Um, but if you don't manage him throughout the day and then he climbs into bed with you and it's this big, ugly, nasty thing, it is really hard at that point to say, I don't want to have you in my life anymore. You have to manage stress throughout the day. Take moments. Um, my you know, big follower, BJ Fogg, that's another book, Tiny Habits. Um, and he recommends, you know, we all have to go to the bathroom approximately seven times a day. And when you go to the bathroom, breathe, take a moment, close the stall, close the door, take one minute for yourself. In one minute of some sort of deliberate breathing, there's a ton of different ways. Pick one that feels good for you. Be grateful, whatever it is, all of those, but one minute of breathing will actually release the cortisol in your blood system. And again, start that stress monster over. Um, it doesn't take a lot to manage that, um, but it is deliberate and thoughtful. And don't let yourself get out of control with that stress. Um, that's the, the probably the biggest enemy of sleep um, that will prevent us beyond the environment that can hack it is don't go to bed stressed. Go to bed relaxed and happy. Um, whatever happened today, and there's a great saying of like, the only day you can influence is the day you're in. You can't influence the past and you can't influence the future. You have to live in today. And, and that has to be how we get to sleep is no stress and living today. I love it. Last but not least, Tara Youngblood, where can people find you and the good work that you're doing over at sleep.me? Yeah. So obviously sleep.me, uh, there's a ton of blogs. I do co-writing on blogs. I have a book that's on Amazon. Um, uh, you mentioned my TEDx talk. If you want the shortest blurb of like 13 minutes to find out what's, what's about me. Um, but then I'm also on social media as well. So reach out. Um, my handle is sleepgeek. Um, I know, hard to believe, uh, but you can- Surprise it wasn't taken, cool. I, I know, I don't know why it was taken. I've been around a long time, I guess. But anyway, so feel free to reach out there as well. But however, however you want to find me, there's a ton of information on our website. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate your work. 